Grund nummer 39, 50% priskutt på bleier med A. Hos Rema 1000 satser vi alt på å gi deg Norges råeste bleikutt. 50% priskutt på alle bleistørrelser og typer. Alt fra Pampers og Libro til Level. Max fem pakker med priskutt per handletur. Bare husk å aktivere kuttet i e-appen. Rema 1000, alltid lave priser. Hello and welcome back to the Radical Broccoli podcast. We are so happy to either have you back or to meet you for the very first time. And we'd like to start off by thanking you so, so much for the incredible feedback we had from last week's episode. I think we were a bit mind blown by our conversation with Ben. And I hope that that sparked something in so many of you as well as you have shared with us. And I'd love to hear from you. So today we have another episode, another beautiful guest. We have Emmy Ray, the creator of The Daily Rest, an online space for human design guidance, poetic channeling, and practices for everyday magic and deep rest. And as a proponent of the deep importance of rest, Emmy is committed to creating space for her community to take exquisite care of themselves. Whether that is through her yoga teachings, her human design readings, or her soft business mentoring. Suze and I actually had the pleasure of receiving human design readings from Emmy. I think it was in 2020. And that is the first time I learned about the huge difference in being a projector and a generator. And we talk a lot about it in this episode, how we have now structured our business where we try to respect each other's differences instead of get really, really annoyed with them. That has made the biggest, biggest difference. And in this episode, we also talk about Emmy's view on rest, why it is important. We talk about our favorite herbs, and we talk about how she actually really lives out and fully embodies her human design, and what challenges she's been facing, but also how huge results and how she's manifested really such a beautiful life for herself. For me, she is such an inspiration and somebody who just embodies this 100%. So I hope you get really, really inspired today. And we are just so happy and so honored to welcome Emmy, the author, the poet, the human design reader, and just a wildly, wildly inspiring and beautiful soul. Welcome to our podcast, Emmy. We are so delighted to have you here and uh, we're so ready to talk about all these lovely topics that we have for today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here and talk with you again and spend time together. So for you, it's morning time. Uh Uh-huh. It's 10 a.m. Day before? Day before. (laughs) I think so, yeah. Okay. I thought you were way ahead, actually. <laughs> My time zone's so confusing. <laughs> yeah, we're on the other side of the world in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. So here it's five in the afternoon. Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Yes, you're right. It's like Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's so fascinating to me. How's your morning today? I'm curious. I mean, I wish I could say something so beautiful. I mean, I did go for a walk this morning in the bush, which was really nice. But then I spent 45 minutes on the phone to my internet provider to get my internet working because it was down before this call. So less glamorous than usual, but I'm glad we're going to sort it out. (laughs) Yeah, that happens sometimes. But do you have any rituals that you usually do or do you do different things every morning? Yeah, it's different every morning because I feel like doing the exact same thing, then I start to get almost resistant to it, like turn away from doing it. But I like to switch up the order more than anything of going outside and taking a walk in this bush mini forest area and in my home, and then doing some kind of breath work, meditation or movement but always mixing up what exactly that is. And then writing a few things down while having like multiple cups of tea and then coffee as well. That sounds lovely. I remember actually learning from you that some people are meant to have a routine and do the same and really thrive in that. And in human design, other people actually do not thrive in having a routine. And 
I think I learned that from you in the reading I had. And I've always been such a routine person. And I think I fall into this pattern of doing the same thing over and over again. But actually, it's not what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) So when I learned that, it just gave me some sort of freedom being like, wow, we can be creative. You don't have to notoriously do the same thing over and over and over again. So that was actually pretty life changing for me. Mm. Like, I love not having a morning routine, just waking up and doing what I feel like. Yeah, I agree. But I actually think that I have the routine arrow in my chart. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's like the opposite. Yeah. But could you tell us, I think our listeners would love to know your human design and maybe your astrology, like the top three? Mm -hmm. Yeah. My human design is sacral generator with a 5-1 profile with a very open chart, a lot of open centers. And my astrology is Pisces, Sun, Sagittarius, Moon, and Taurus, Rising. Mm. Wow, Mm. amazing. What does that mean to you? Do you feel like you recognize yourself in those descriptions? And how does it play out in your life? Yeah, I think both of them I recognize. I think For a long time, I didn't maybe relate to so much of being a Pisces, where maybe people outside of me would roll their eyes and be like, no, that's very much who you are. But I think learning about astrology beyond just the sun sign, like when I bring in the idea of the Sagittarius moon and the Taurus rising, then that makes a lot more sense to me. That feels like, oh yeah, I can really relate to all those elements coming together and definitely like sacral generator. That finding out that, I mean, maybe that's no surprise, but finding out that and really implementing it, particularly in my business, was just a massive game changer, actually, on so many levels. So I'm really grateful for these tools, particularly all these modalities, particularly when it's so interesting. Maybe you've had this too. It's almost like your astrology, your human design, they all say similar things, but with different language or in a different way. And I love that. So it's like, oh, this stuff is so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And what does it actually mean to be sacral generator? Yeah. So when I say sacral generator, what I'm referring to is the authority in human design. So if you have your human design chart there with you, it will say the word authority and underneath it, you can find the sacral or emotional or self-projected or various other options for your chart. Yeah, so I think we're both emotional. Yes. Yeah. And that's also been a game changer to learn that <laughs> you actually have to wait a couple of days right away <laughs> yeah. before saying yes or no. And wow, if I learned that sooner, I remember maybe five years ago, I used to be on this high. And then I would plan everything, all the dates, all um, with my friends, not that many dates. (laughs) (laughs) Just everything that I was feeling so energized. And then I'm also really introverted at times. And I just had to cancel everything. I was so (laughs) exhausted by myself with this like back and forth energy. (laughs) So yeah, that's also been a huge thing, especially in business, to learn that we don't say yes to an opportunity right away, that we can actually take a moment think about it. That has been so, so, so important. How do you use your authority in your business? It's really interesting because I was self-employed for maybe two and a half or three years before I really started to implement strategy and, and human design, get kind of serious about it. Because as you both know, sometimes it's hard to play with it. Like, for example, with the emotional authority, sometimes you're so used to giving that immediate response or giving that immediate, yes, we're in, that it can feel challenging to say, can we get back to you or taking your time? And so when I made the commitment to really play with it and experiment with it, it was challenging in the beginning because I feel like playing with your human design, particularly in terms of business, it almost feels a little bit sometimes like you're letting go of control in a way, like it feels a little bit like this practice and surrender. But what I really started to do was actually look at, so for me as a generator, I was looking at where am I initiating? So where am I really trying to 
kind of like what you said, you know, like have this big plan, make all these plans from a mental space and try to be really in control and to make things happen and to learn instead to wait really until in human design, we call it responding, which is a little bit of an ambiguous term when you first come across it, but waiting to make any moves in my business until it felt basically like a gut body. Yes. Even if my mind wasn't on board, you know, even if my mind was like, you're crazy, that's not possible. And do you remember any examples where your mind has said no? Yeah, I mean, the first way I started implementing it was I was teaching yoga, and I was teaching yoga classes all over Sydney, which is where I live. And I was catching public transport like all day, every day to multiple locations across Sydney, which is a pretty widespread city. And I was teaching in studios and I was also teaching in a corporate environment. And when we think about human design, if you're a sacral generator, it really is kind of about this gut, this body, yes or no. And every time I went to teach a corporate yoga session, so in a business, it was definitely a gut, no. But mentally, my head was like, but it's good money it pays well, or this is the path you have to take if you want to be self-employed. And so that was one of the first instances where I started to say no to those opportunities when my body was giving me a no, even though my head was like, who do you think you are? You can't support yourself just teaching in studios. That's crazy. Nobody does that. But I was like, okay, I have enough money to pay my rent and coffee. I'm not going to be out in the streets. If I say no to this one class, so I really did it baby step by baby step, you know, at the beginning in particular, just to test it out. And every time I said no to something, my mind was very much resistant to that. Like, who do you think you are? Are you crazy? That's never going to work out. But it never led me wrong all these years. And then probably, let's say a year after doing that, or maybe even less, one of the biggest instances I had was an opportunity to teach a retreat in Japan. And of course, my mind was like, absolutely not. That is impossible. You don't have this big Instagram following. No one's going to fly to like the middle of nowhere in Japan to take a retreat with you. The deposit on the retreat center was so much money. And uh, but my body was so my gut was so excited by that possibility that I went for it. And it was one of the best things I've ever done. So they're just little examples of how I played with it and what it looks like in practice, I guess. And I really love to hear that, especially with a retreat. You just know how big of responsibility it is to host people. I mean, it's overwhelming. And to actually mm. to go for it, that's impressive. And how does it feel after? When do you know it's right? It just everything aligns or... Yeah, it's so interesting. It's in those beginning phases of just beginning to say no to small opportunities, a class here or there that were not a gut yes. Then it's almost like not immediately. It's not like I think we always want immediate validation, but it almost never happens. Not immediately, but soon after, something more aligned would often come in to fill the space. So that was one way that in retrospect, I could kind of look back and say, wow, it's so good that I let go of this corporate client or that corporate client, because then I had this opportunity to go on retreat with this, to support this teacher in her retreat, and then or to work at this studio, which was more aligned with what I wanted to teach and felt like so much more of a yes. And then something like the retreat in Japan, when my, my mind was so terrified. And yeah, it's such a huge responsibility, particularly when it's a, you know, an international undertaking. As you know, it's so big. But the confirmation was in the fact that the retreat, it was almost this beautiful experience of I couldn't have planned it as well as it went. It just, we were there and then someone was like, we have an old tea master who can do a matcha ceremony for you. How about that? You know, just these little things kept popping up and I couldn't have made it up from my mind. It was something that really unfolded as I followed the yes. Yeah, I think I actually recognize 
exactly what you're saying right now. It's really beautiful to hear. Um, and we, we have been trying to also adjust in our business being one generator and one projector, me. And first of all, knowing it and having the awareness, I was so burned out before. I can't even count how many times I've been burned out trying to be <laughs> as efficient as Zeus and not understanding like, why can I not do this? But for anyone in the same position working when you're so different, for example, for me, I struggle so much with the fact that I feel lazy and that a lot of time I need like three hours just to stare at the wall. Like it's not even about watching Netflix, reading a book. I just need nothing. And I think for a generator that feels a little crazy <laughs> and unproductive, but how do you guide people when they have these big differences and how do you navigate that? Yeah, it's so interesting what you say. It's, and so many projectors and also manifestors and reflectors have a similar experience of almost this, what's wrong with me? Why can't I keep up? Or that shadow or guilt around laziness, feeling I must be lazy. And the way I see it, it's interesting. I, I think open sacral and defined sacrals, we work so well together when we're both working in a way that is suitable for our energy. You know, it's such a beautiful combination to see whether it's a team within a business or a couple or family, whatever, to have those opposing energies. And it's true what you say as a projector, if you try to keep up with a generator or a manifesting generator, and it's so interesting. It's just hearing the same story over again, like I burnt out and then I burnt out and then I burnt out. <laughs> you know, it's like you can't deny it or ignore it. And the way I like to think about it is projector or just open sacral, let's say to be more general, but definitely projector energy is highly concentrated. So often what you can achieve is not really the right word, but the work that you do, it's almost like your one hour might be equivalent to our three hours or four hours. And you're not really able to tap into that if you're just depleted. If you're spending your whole life trying to be a generator, it's almost as if you don't have access to your superpower, which is the ability to be in the, I almost think of that open sacral or even just projected energies as kind of being in the extremes in a way. And I don't mean extreme in it. We don't want to go too extreme that you're going to burn out. But that idea of being really in the buzz, like so turned on, so switched on, so on fire, so able to see the bigger picture, so able to kind of organize things or be able to add clarity or value in a way that it might take generators a long time <laughs> to see or understand, you know? And then so your output is just more highly concentrated than the sacral output. But what's really important, I think, for sacral beings, generators and manifesting generators is we can almost feel the same way if we're not doing the tasks, the jobs, the work that we enjoy in the way that we enjoy it. So when you have, let's say, like a team again, in a business context or any context, if the sacral being, the G or the MG, is doing the work or the creating or the building in a way that they love and it's work that they love, it's almost like an hour passes by. It's like nothing happened. It's just the easiest, just flow. That's really what it is, is being in that flow. When you're a projector, it doesn't matter how much you love the work and how much you love you can love the environment. The work can set your soul on fire. You still probably need three hours to stare at the wall, you know, or to take a nap or to be in your own energy. And you just can't avoid that. And I was thinking about this yesterday. We had a class in my online studio about sacral energy and a projector in the class was saying that she thinks of her energy as spoons, you know, as having a certain amount of spoons of energy per day. And so she knows, okay, if I have a big day at my business, if I have a full day where I'm in my business, I can't have anything else on that night. And ideally, the next morning, it's just like, it's free, it's open. And so whereas for generators, when we're doing something we enjoy, it's almost like we can't see the edges of our energy. It's like, we don't even know how much we have or how much we've used up if we're really 
in that zone. And that is, I always have to say, I always have to add on to the end of that, generators and MGs still need rest, still need quiet time, still need alone time. But I guess we can't even comprehend the level that projectors and open sacrals crave it and need it. Yeah. Yeah. This is a very accurate description of <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's funny how <laughs> on point it is. Mm. Uh, you can jump in. I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> no, it's just going <laughs> to, what we've learned to do is, for example, when I do last night, I just booked a hotel room for myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to other people, that sounds crazy. Like, why would you go on a hotel alone? But that's just what I needed. No one, nothing. Zen, quiet. And I didn't do anything special. I just needed to. It's like I can feel things melting off. And then this morning, it was like, boom, creativity flows back. And the things that I do have a completely different quality. And uh, then it's done in like one and a half hour. <laughs> so it is really spot on. It's like accepting that we can work in such a different way than what we've been told growing up. And also who you've been surrounded with. I think it's very, very groundbreaking, actually. Yeah. And we're also, I was going to say lucky, but we have created the space in our business for each of the team members to be who they are. I mean, we know their astrology, we know their human design, <laughs> we know their soul profile and everything. And we try to accommodate each person as much as possible. Some people like to work in the evening, some work in the morning. Mm. So just to have that freedom. But it's taken a lot of courage and putting our egos aside. Yeah, a lot of ego. <laughs> putting a lot of expectations aside for me, not expecting Annette to work a certain amount of hours. But then I know if I just give her 100% freedom, she comes back so well rested and with an idea and a vision for a business for the next year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have chills. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how we work so well together. And then I can work on implementing that together with the rest of the team. And it's just incredible. Yeah. <laughs> now it sounds easy, but it's really a process to learn. And this is where I admire you so much, Emmy, because I feel like when I watched your business over the past years, it feels like you've integrated so much of who you are and you really are so true to who you are and what's right for you. And then you've just, the results speak for themselves. It's so authentically you. I don't even know how to describe it in a better way. But you don't see that a lot, really. I think you're one of the examples I look up to when it comes to really being so true to that in business. So I think that's really, really admirable. Thank you. That's so kind. I relate so much to what you're saying. I think it's so inspiring for people to hear that part of your story and how the business works, because it sounds idyllic. I'm going to live my human design in my business. I'm going to let everyone be themselves. It's really hard. Exactly what you say. You really have to put your ego aside. You do. And it's challenging because we have this thing embedded so deeply into us that that comes from schooling and just being paid by the hour kind of work where we want to go into hurt or something when it looks like I'm doing more hours than you're doing or this person, whatever, they want to work at such irregular hours. It comes back time and time again to letting go of control, which is so, so challenging. But exactly, Annette, that there's nothing better, I think, than a projector or any sacred, open sacral being go to a hotel for a night and be in that, you know, be in that space. And just don't do anything and exactly come back and the quality of the work is just different. And even with my own business as well, having this commitment to do my best to try to really live my human design and my energy very often is quite terrifying because it goes against what most online business advice says. And that's, again, the voice in my head is often like, who do you think you are? <laughs> These experts are telling you this is how it has to be. Why do you think you can do any different? And so, yeah, sometimes committing to that is a practice in itself. Yeah, for sure. But it definitely helps when you see the results over and over again. Then you sort of learn to develop what they call the trust muscle. I don't have a better word for it, but it does help a little bit over time, I would say. 
but I agree that it's really, really challenging. And I can still find myself getting annoyed with me sitting with X amount of hours, Annette not doing that. But then I take a breath and then I get an overview of the business overall and see how that is the most beneficial. So it always comes out to be the best way to let, to let our design really lead the way. And now it's so ingrained. It's not like we specifically think about it as human design anymore. No, it's more like this is how we function our best. And these are all the tools that we have used to know ourselves. Mm. That's why I love these tools so much. Mm. They're fascinating. And I encourage every team or partnership or anything to, to actually get to know the other people's design and astrology and have a reading preferences and everything. Yeah. But you were talking about it a bit for generators and manifesting generators as well, that rest is important. And I've seen that from the side. I mean, watching the generators, I'm like, wow, <laughs> how do you do this? I think Suzanne was worse before. It's like her idea of relaxing was finishing her to-do list on the couch, planning the next day. <laughs> so, I can't remember oh, that now. Oh, yeah. Organizing, you know, the, And to me, I couldn't even go there. So fascinated by it. <laughs> But I think that, as you said, when you get so excited, you just don't know where to stop your energy. I know that from the sideline, I'm seeing also generators burnout. Yeah. Why is rest important? And when you talk about rest, is it like physical rest? Is it mental? Is it nervous system? Because I know sometimes I can have a really good workout and then feel mentally rested. But sometimes I need to lay on the couch and feel like physically rested. And it's just different energy. That was a lot yeah, of questions. Totally. That you can just <laughs> <laughs> I love them all. Um, yes, it's true. Sometimes generators and MGs will say, I must be wrong. I must be a projector. You know, I must be, I can't be a generator. I don't have that energy. I don't have that buzz. And I mean, sure, maybe it's wrong, but generally the idea is that There's two things. One is that you're not responding. So again, this word of responding, even this idea of the to-do list is really interesting. Like, of course, sometimes we need to put some things down, particularly things that we like to avoid to make sure they get done and ticked off and things like that. But when a generator lists out almost their whole day, you know, like time blocks every five, 20 minutes of their whole day, then you're not responding. You're not dancing with life, which is when your energy really comes alive. You're mentally, in human design, we want to really move away from making decisions with the mind. But that's a whole nother conversation. But particularly generators, we deny access that energy to that flow when we're simply looking at the list and ticking one thing off after another rather than checking in with the body and being like, You might put on your workout clothes and just every cell in your body is like, oh, you're just putting it on and you just feel so heavy. Usually as a sacral being, it might not be, I'm not supposed to work out today. It might be, I need to just lie down for five minutes first. Like this is the way that generator energy works, that it can't really be scheduled. It's very in the moment right? And so one way that we end up in burnout is when we force ourselves to stick to this schedule that we've created from the mind. And we don't actually, you know, this idea of listening to the body, it's important for everyone, but particularly for generators, when we just override our gut response over and over and over again throughout the day, then we absolutely get to a point of extreme fatigue and burnout. To me, it feels like swampy or stagnant and just icky, that feeling of, you know, with generators, when we think of responding, it very much is this moment by moment thing. So we can be awake for 30 minutes and have ignored our gut response like five times in that space, right? Maybe you're open Spotify, you see pop hits, And you're like, oh, you want to click on pop hits. But then your mind says, no, listen to a podcast. You have to learn something. And so you listen to a podcast instead. And then you open the fridge and you see the berries and you're like, oh, I want to have berries. And then your head's like, no, you have to have whatever the thing is, porridge. You can't have berries. So that's how the sacrals move with life. And so 
when we're ignoring that, we can burn out in the same way that a projector can. Same thing too, if we're not making space for just the things that bring us joy and make us happy that are not connected necessarily to self-development or work or any of these things that we've mentally perceived as good or right. It might be decorating cakes. It might be reading books about birds. I don't know. It can be something so obscure, dancing, at whatever the thing is. If it makes you feel alive, maybe it is shopping. It doesn't have to be this thing that we've deemed as like good or not good. As a sacral being, the way your energy is recharged is by really allowing yourself to spend time where you can, even if it's five minutes at a time, with those things that make you feel alive. And then when we come into rest, I mean, there's so many elements of the chart that point to a being needing rest. It could be that, yes, you're a projector, a manifester, or a reflector. It could be that you have a lot of open or undefined centers. It could be that you have a one in your profile. It could be that you have an open root center or an open emotional center. And so there's just so many layers in which we can find that need for time on your own and time in rest. But for generators as well, coming back to this idea of having the whole day schedule, um, what is the most medicinal, most magical thing for a sacral being is to have space is to learn how to create some empty space in your day, in your week, in your life. <laughs> it's so hard. It's something that I can relate to that, like sitting on the couch, finishing the to-do list. Like generators and MGs can very easily fill up all day, every day with kind of meaningless doing where you almost feel like you accomplish nothing in the end. And so learning how to have space, which often triggers sacral beings, it can bring up a lot of fear, it can bring a lot of this feeling of instability is so, so important, so beautiful. And so when it comes to rest, obviously, I have a bias toward the fact that I feel that rest, which is in the yogic realm, restorative yoga, yin yoga, or breathing, meditation, those type of gentle, quiet practices are really, really beautiful. But if they're not something that interests you or excites you or uh, helps you, then maybe it is like lying on the grass. Maybe it is, like you said, and that can also be sometimes you need to move, you need to sweat, you need to exercise. That can be like a release and everything too. But I think that what most of us are craving, all the types, whoever we are on the planet, is the rest that comes when we close the eyes when the eyes are closed because we're taking in so much artificial light all day, every day from the screen. So it's when the eyes are closed and we're not taking in information through the ears as well. And then the body is also more relaxed. So this is what I find to be, and you might have many types of rest that you feel drawn to at different times of the day or the week. But I do feel the one piece that many of us are lacking is that kind of closing off from taking in so much stimulus through the eyes, particularly, but also we listen to so many podcasts, which like are amazing, obviously, or music, or we live in cities that are very loud. And so having just silence or something like binaural beats or nature sounds while the body is soft and not doing is something that helps us to trust that spaciousness and to not always be in the achieving or the taking things off and also helps us to again no matter what type you are come back and know how your body actually feels in that space in that stillness yeah i was just dreaming away to those beautiful naps and rest times that I usually have every single day now and was actually something that I learned from you which I've told you years ago when I was working a really stressful job and had a totally different life but to take that half an hour I think 20 minutes was the limit that my patients could take in the beginning maybe even 10 <laughs> And just, I put like an eye pillow on and I didn't listen to anything and I laid there. And in the beginning, it was 
whole challenging. My head was like, you can do this and that, and blah, 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 you don't have time, blah, blah. And I think many, many people have that actual experience every time they try. But for me, the trick was just to, I'm not going to say push through, but like rest through and just <laughs> let myself stay there until the alarm rang because the feeling of being replenished and like my whole energy reset, everything, thoughts, mood, digestion, skin, I just look different even. Mm. And that was from 20 minutes. It's so <laughs> incredible. I'm grateful for learning that. But do you ever personally find it challenging to take rest? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's like the human design thing in a way in the beginning for me as well. So challenging, so difficult. It's almost like every cell of my body would resist being in stillness. I think it can bring up a lot and it can make the mind louder. You feel everything more deeply. It's, and we've just been so conditioned to even we have one moment like you go out for coffee and your friend goes to the bathroom you pick up the phone right it's something i've been like really aware of recently which is so ridiculous that we have to even be aware of this but it's simply the world we live in am i picking up the phone just to fill an empty space or something like that so when we come to lying down doing what you described it makes sense that for most of us it's going to feel extremely challenging and over the years, it's like, yeah, like with the human design in business, it's kind of something that just happens now. It's just a part of life and the way the day moves because you've seen over time the impact that it has, the benefit that it has. And now most of the time, I love it, like so ready to get into it, which is such a huge shift. But still, there are times, there are days or weeks or moments, periods where Maybe I'm in a more of a heightened state or very busy. And again, it's so interesting how much the mind is like, you don't have time for that and wants to resist it. And I just have become such good friends with this practice that now I know, all right, that's cool. We're good. But it's worth saying for anyone listening to this who feels like I could never do that. It's so impossible. It's like what you said about resting through rather than pushing through. Sometimes you're 20 minutes, you're thinking the whole time and you just can't switch the mind off. You feel like you can't relax. It's still benefiting you. It is still deeply restoring your system, even if you feel like you're not resting. And you start to, as you say, you start to see it in your sleep. You see it in your digestion. You see it in your skin. see it in your creativity, your clarity. So I think that's key too. It's, and still today, I'm lucky that it's rare. But still today, I'll have days or moments where I don't feel like I drop down. And we can get a little bit like, oh, I'll just get up and keep going. I'll just forget about it today. But I feel like those are the days where we really get so much out of it when we can just be there, even if it's not perfect. Actually, one of the things that I had to cut out in order to rest was coffee. And I used to love it, drink it once a day every morning and then suddenly my nervous system was like I think it was just from working too much basically and I had to bring it down so many levels to understand what was me underneath it all but that's when I started to discover herbs that where there's so many different ways that you can actually help your body to get into a resting mode and have these different states and I know that you are super into many different herbs so I want to talk a little bit about it but do you use herbs and infusions to help your body rest in these ways or is it more for other benefits? Yeah, definitely. When I first started making herbal infusions, because I was very much getting into yoga practices for the nervous system, like restorative and yin and things like that. And I was aware of how my nervous system was not, it needed a lot of love and needed a lot of help and assistance. My hormones were also really, really scrambled and not balanced. And so that's when I started to get into infusions of things like nettle and oat straw and things like that to kind of rebuild and restore and soothe. I think of sometimes the nervous system as being like very frayed and dried out. And when I think of drinking things like nettles and oat straw, almost like 
it's like a balm, you know, to wrap around all that dried out and make it more kind of alive again, soothe and young and fluid. And so that was my first doorway really into working with herbs, although I'd always been interested in it and teas and things like that. And so I approached it less as an acute doorway to like, I'm feeling nervous, I'm going to drink this tea or work with this herb to bring me down. It was more like, I'm going to drink this every single day so that I start to feel that I become a restored woman, you know, someone who's very grounded rather than someone who's existing in this heightened state. But definitely, I mean, working with something like Blue Lotus, for me in particular, and then taking a restorative or a rest practice is something that can be extremely beautiful as well. Yeah, I love Blue Lotus. <laughs> yeah, we carry Blue Lotus in our shop. And it's said also to enhance your intuition and your dreams. Have you experienced that? So I did like a seven month study with Blue Lotus with, yeah, my friend Adrienne, who has a company called Meraki Nomad. And so we did like a seven month kind of journey with Blue Lotus. And so I have a very deep connection to that plant after working with her for so many months. And I felt dreams. I just felt that to me was a deepening of trusting myself, of having that connection to my body. And, and very much to me, it's yeah, like it's very sensual, I find as well. Like it's very sensual. It's very much like connected, I think, to fertility. Again, that might not be what comes up when you Google the herb, but that was definitely my experience of it almost being like second chakra and the intuition, the third eye. That's a beautiful, beautiful plan. Yeah. And I love that you have and trust your own experience with a plant because many times I think we get a bit hung up in like, What's the description and what is the government approved specifics of this plant? Yeah. When plants are alive and wonderful and magical and they can really open up so many things in us. What's your favorite herbal mixture today or these days? Ah, it's so hard, you know. I was never super drawn to lemon balm, but I have been making it as an infusion, always on the full moon. Like every full moon, I really feel very drawn to making a lemon balm infusion, just straight, just like a small handful of it. And then you can even put it like outside under the light of the full moon and then drink it the next morning. I find it so hydrating. I'm someone who can run a little bit dry in my constitution. So having lemon balm is something that I'm loving at the moment. And then blue lotus and rose, I think is always a beautiful combination. My boyfriend's not into herbs at all, but he drinks that if he's stressed and it helps him sleep so well, like nothing else helps, you know, except for something like that, which seems so gentle, which is really cool. But then I think that very boring go-to nutritive combination of nettle red raspberry leaf and oat straw. Sometimes I put a bit of marshmallow root in there too. Again, just for like the moistening. That's such a great go-to, even drinking that like when you're on menstrual cycle or working with hormones and fertility and things like that. Yeah. yeah I think they're my favorites. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I absolutely love oat straw. Every time I see oat straw in any herbal tea blend or something, I'm like, ooh. Because <laughs> it's still so that one. <laughs> and round and like warm and... Which is absolutely delicious. Mm. I'm looking at our yeah. tea shelf over there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the there is old straw in that breathe tea. Yeah. Drinking a lot of breathe tea these days, which is supposed to support your lungs. <laughs> and it has old straw. Yeah. And it has some mushrooms in there as well, mm. which I also love. <laughs> and rose. Beautiful, yeah. feminine mm. rose. Yeah, and I think that all of this rest and the herbs and knowing your design, maybe especially for women, but all in a way, guide us back to the feminine. When you think about it, back to a place where we have to let it go a lot and surrender and flow. Yeah, which is so far from how we think we're supposed to act. But yeah, and that's true. Mm. Mm. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it could be. I mean, living so far from that, living in the masculine world, I am not surprised that so many of us have had such challenges with hormones and like painful periods. So it could be for anyone who is struggling with that now, take some of these beautiful, softening, flowy tips and incorporate them into your life and you'll actually see a big change. I know we both have changed massively, specifically from the masculine way of living to the more feminine. Mm. And it's again, putting the ego to the side, putting comparison away, putting concepts you've seen in films or like um, articles about business people in a certain way. Yeah. And one thing I think is very also a little challenging is the concept of a timeline. And I think many people feel like they're in a constant race of being at a certain place at a certain age, time. What does human design say about this? From what I understand, human design also can say things about certain times, or am I wrong about this? Yeah, there's also this, I guess, like cosmic weather, I would call it. There's definitely that influence that like everyone's under in a similar way to astrology. But I think that the really validating thing is if this doesn't resonate with you that's totally fine but what human design says is the plans that we make from the mind of by this age I should have this and those kind of 10-year plans or 20-year plans are not going to lead us to feeling the most alive or satisfied or successful and it's not to say that we're all walking around being like I don't care about anything but I find that really freeing. And it's not to say that if you really adhere to a plan, you're not following your human design and that it's not going to work out. That's not what it's saying. It's like, we know this, right? There are so many people on the planet that maybe have the good on paper job or home or life, but don't feel good, don't feel fulfilled or or satisfied or successful or vital and the human design understanding or belief is if we really trust following who we are, making decisions with the authority, then it is a practice in surrender and letting go of control, but we will be guided along a path that, yeah, sure, the timeline might look really different to what you had in your mind, but it takes you to a place that you feel like, oh, this is where I'm meant to be. And it's almost like people can roll their eyes at that and oh, it's the cop out or whatever, but it's not an easy path. You know, it's not just, oh, the universe will take care of me and I'll just sit here and do nothing at all. It's really definitely a path, like you said, of putting the ego aside. As anyone knows who's been in maybe a job that other people congratulated you on or looked like it had prestige and then you walked away and chose something different. I mean, that's, that's not always pleasant. And it really, you do have to really check your ego at the door. So I find that constant source of comfort. And also, again, to look back on the decisions I've made from that place, from that kind of embodied place, and just seeing that it's always taken me in a direction that felt right. Whereas when I look back on the decisions I've made very much because it was the right thing to do or because it made sense or because I think that's what I should do or I have to do, not like it was a disaster. I mean, sometimes it was, but those decisions often led me to less comfortable, like less aligned for sure experiences. So yeah, I love that so much. It's like that letting go of the pressure we have on ourselves to arrive at a certain place by a certain time it's almost like those timelines don't exist anymore yeah yeah I think that's an important reminder yeah and I think that for those who have experienced ticking off one of those things or getting the timeline right quote-unquote and the emptiness that you can feel if it's not really truly from your heart that can be a big learning for next time yeah for sure yeah before we wrap up this conversation which i have absolutely loved i'm wondering just like what's your focusing most upon or thinking most upon or feeling right now these days i love this question 
I think it's when Mars went into retrograde last year. From that point, I really wanted to make a very big commitment to, and, and this has been something that's coming over time, but make a really big commitment to looking at where I'm doing or working or creating from that space of trying to feel validated or feel enough or feel like I can pat myself on the back or somebody else can give me that. That is also sometimes an uncomfortable reflection to just look at, <laughs> look at myself. And that's something that I've been focusing on toward the end of last year. And in the beginning of this year, uh, my focus has been, okay, how can I simplify everything that I'm doing and creating and working on even more? So where can I really, again, let go of anything that still fits into that category of almost proving or needing to look more like a successful business owner or a a good yoga teacher like really is there anything else I'm still carrying that isn't actually mine it doesn't actually fit um and so usually at the beginning of the year for the last few years I've had trainings and courses and things like that that I've launched and this year I'm taking a break from that to really just kind of get into the roots of everything and in my personal life too, but just where is there kind of clutter or anything that's heavier weighing me down? So it's kind of a strange answer to your question maybe, but that's been such a strong focus for me at the moment. It's really getting into the low dopamine tasks, just really getting into all that kind of stuff so that then for the remainder of the year, there can just be this space and freedom to really play I guess that kind of ties in organization as well, which is as a Pisces, not my strong suit. So trying to, you know, get things organized. <laughs> oh, that's so inspiring. And that's very similar to what we've been doing yeah. this whole January. So like, interesting. Start doing the actual tasks, but we've ended up all the time having to turn around and actually just lay the foundation, simplify, yes. art, let things go. And then now I think the year. <laughs> well, we want to thank you so much for your time and energy and for coming on the podcast. And for those of you who are curious to learn more, you've also been in the membership and the session is still up. So I recommend you check it out. All about human design and how we can work better according to our design, which mm. uh, I can never get enough of. <laughs> yeah. And where can they find you for more info, more inspiration? On uh, Instagram at The Daily Rest. And my website is emmyray.com. Wonderful. We'll link to both those in the description. Yeah. And I'm sure most of our listeners are already following you, but <laughs> hopefully some new ones will find their way as well. Mm. Thank you so much, Emmy. Thank you so much for having me. Har du ett enkelt personföretag eller en liten bedrift? Då är er du säkert lei av att höra mig snacka om hur enkelt det är er med kvitteringar och bilag i fiken. Så vi ger oss här vi, för vi liker enkelt. Fiken, superenkelt redskap. 